Welcome to the Old Republic Podcast. We are a podcast that discusses Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, general sci-fi, and about the stories that inspired a galaxy. Consider this a spoiler warning for everything under the sun and the twin suns in that galaxy far, far away. This is where the fun begins. Okay, so Brian, I really struggled with the rise of Skywalker from a hero's journey perspective. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, it's it's a little uh, it's it's a little jostling, I guess. Um, this one definitely is not laid out quite as clearly as uh, some of the other films. I don't think. Um, but actually, I I came to uh, terms with my hero's journey uh, pretty well here for Rise of Skywalker. Um, you know, we've made it all the way through now. This will be the uh, the ninth and final installment of the hero's journey analysis for the uh, Star Wars films. So that's pretty exciting and ending. Yeah, with uh, the Rise of Skywalker, of course, episode nine. So, um, yeah, I didn't have like a ton of trouble with it, uh, to be honest. So, um, like before I started watching it, I usually try to just kind of imagine like what the steps are going to be. And for some of those, they're very easy, right? For, you know, A New Hope is very easy for, um, you know, <laughs> Pretty much all of the original trilogy, it's very easy. It's a little trickier kind of for the the prequels, but really the sequel trilogy was a little bit harder. And I don't know if that's because the, these films are newer, you know, um, you know, eight years, I guess, when we when we started uh, doing these back with The Force Awakens. But, you know, this one just being uh, five years old, it's probably the film of Star Wars that I've watched the fewest amount of times just because of uh, the time in which it's uh, come out. So I had a little bit of trouble just kind of initially like figuring out where I was going to go with my hero's journey analysis. But as I was watching it uh, earlier today, um, it came together for me pretty good, I think. Yeah. Okay. That that's good to hear. Uh, Cause when, when I was watching it, I was just like, so many things were happening and, I think like the rise of Skywalker is just like a movie. Like you either really love or you really don't love. Um, but in a different way, rather than like say last, the last Jedi in my mind, um, it's just mm -hmm. a very kind of different film, just a very different pacing style. And um, yeah, like it's it's everything. I don't think you can say like they didn't put everything in the kitchen sink in, except maybe there's not like a literal kitchen <laughs> sink in it, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, I don't remember if there's an actual kitchen sink, but yeah, it had the the difficult task of you had to wrap up all of these storylines, right? So you have your original trilogy uh, kind of heroes there, Han, Leia, Luke. Uh, there that you want to get endings for c3po or 2d2 you have your uh, sequel trilogy uh, characters you're trying to give an ending to because you know supposedly this at the, at the time at least is going to be the the final film um and that's even more difficult than say like episode three which didn't have to really close out any sort of storyline because that was going to pick back up into the next trilogy so it was it was a monumental feat i think and then yeah because of that you just end up with with so much stuff happening there's you know i don't know like like 10, 12 characters you're trying to to keep and give fulfilling ends to. And uh, that becomes quite the challenge. And it makes the hero's journey bit of it a little bit trickier. Um, so when I was going through, I kept it, uh, you know, specifically to 
Ray into Kylo Ren uh, slash Ben Solo uh, here for my uh, hero's journey analysis. But certainly there's there's a lot of characters you could go through uh, this with. Uh, Poe has quite the uh, the journey in this one, uh, Finn as well, and really a bunch of the characters. Uh, C-3PO uh, even, you could uh, do a hero's journey for C-3PO. That would be uh, yeah. kind of fun and interesting to do. But uh, yeah, let's get into the rise of Skywalker a little bit uh, here, Cassia. Uh, so this was released in 2019. It was directed by J.J. Abrams and it was nominated for three Academy Awards, uh, did not win any of these three, but it was nominated for original score, visual effects, and sound editing. Uh, allegedly, this is the third most expensive film ever made, uh, costing Whoa. about $416 million. Uh, I'm according sure they to, made it back. <laughs> to some reports, they did, in fact, make it back. It uh, made uh, almost $1.1 billion, uh, and it's currently sitting... Uh, at the time of this recording, at the 19th top-grossing film of all time. So, uh, pretty good. Pretty good uh, job at making money back from that uh, purchase in 2012 here with these three films. So, uh, Cassia, uh, you know, we looked a at a little bit of the uh, KOTOR links in, you know, Episode 7 and Episode 8, and there were a couple there. There's a lot in this one, I think. Yeah, so the KOTOR similarities uh, are up to 11. So it's like a force bond up to 11. It's called a force dyad. And they said like it's like a connection unseen for generations. And in my mind, it's like each force bond slash dyad is a little bit different. But I'm like, cool, I am <laughs> taking this and running with it. So KOTOR That's is right. canon. You KOTOR, can't change my mind. So. Kotor's game. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, you've got the uh, the dyad there. You've got the uh, yellow lightsaber at the end. That's a canonized uh, Bastila's lightsaber, I think, pretty much. Uh, yeah. That's the case. And uh, while they don't get an official uh, naming in the film, uh, do you have the, all of the uh, the Sith people there that are just uh, hanging out in the arena? Those are the Revanites. Uh, we talked a little bit about that in our Kotor is canon uh, episode, but obviously that is drawing back on the uh, parallels for uh you know, Darth Revan, obviously, and to me, Exegol, especially like the interior and kind of around that and that spot where, you know, that like platform is dropping down and it's going by all these big statues. That looks a lot like the tombs on Korriban, I think, from the first game. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like an inverse uh, Jedi temple in a way, like all the dark side can really give you is is death, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's fascinating. So, yeah, um, for sure. Um, yeah. I even saw kind of uh, parallels there on Exegol as well, and it's going through, and you see kind of the little tanks of like the uh, the clones of uh, Snoke, right? The failed clones. Uh, those look, I, I thought, a lot kind of like those uh, those like tanks that held the Jedi on uh, on the uh, the Star Forge the Malakad where he was draining the uh, life force out of them. I thought that that was, uh, you know, pretty similar in kind of the way that those uh, looked and felt. And then obviously you have the Sith Armada uh, there uh, that reminded me an awful lot of the Starforge itself, just, you know, cranking out these, uh, these ships for the Sith. Uh, yeah. So yeah, there's a lot going into this film. Uh, and I think you were able to um, master the the hero's journey. And I'm just like, um, I'm just being bombarded with images, you know? So, yeah. Uh, there are a lot of images. They are all uh, are pretty nice looking uh, images. I will say I forgot how good uh, this movie looked. I hadn't watched it. I watched it not too long ago, actually. Uh, 
like in November, I think. So it hadn't been a super long time, but yeah, I was excited to get back and, and watch it. So yeah, let's, uh, let's get into the steps. Then Cassia. So uh, yeah. first up here, we have the ordinary world the hero has seen in their everyday life. And obviously, this is a Star Wars, so it's going to include that title crawl. Did you see anything else in the ordinary world that we're uh, witnessing yeah. here at the start? So I just put uh, the ordinary world is a galaxy at war. And we just kind of see like, in, <laughs> in even just in the... Um, in the title crawl it's just like the dead speak it's like palpatine's here deal with it you know the dead and like, speak. So, that's right yeah so uh ben is like uh let's start this off on mustafar and it's kind of growing back so it's it's kind of healing so that's nice um mm -hmm. and then i kind of put like in the notes like quick plot kind of the whole way through and ben kind of like finds the wayfinder from vader vader's castle and goes to exegol and he's like i've been every voice inside your head and <laughs> i was just like oh cool he has a bajillion starships that are somehow staffed and have everything they need so we're ready to ready to go. Palpatine was was a man that planned ahead. Uh, I will say so. I guess yeah, had him had him all. I think we were only ever on board one of those. I think so. We don't know that they're all staffed, but at least one was. Uh, Maybe they're sure, staffed sure. by droids. I don't know. There you go. So. There you go. Well, there were like ten thousand uh, Sith people in that arena thing. They could uh, they could have been <laughs> working on working on some yeah. stuff, maybe potentially. I don't know. So, uh, yeah. So same kind of thing uh, here for me. Obviously that uh, that section there. I also included uh, Ray's Jedi training there. She's yeah. going through that obstacle course. Uh, that's kind of the ordinary world I had for Ray. Right, uh, taking some lessons and uh, you know stabbing that uh, little droid into a tree with a stick. Uh, crushing poor BB-8. That's sad, but uh, that is the uh, the kind of ordinary world, I guess. You know, as far as uh, Kylo Ren and Rey are concerned, to get the movie started, um, and then that's going to get us into the call to adventure. So the call to adventure is the in initiating incident of the story. So what's going to get our uh, characters kicked off here on their journeys? I kind of put the call to adventure somehow. Palpatine returned. Um, okay, but. Um, I guess it's like Ray is like training and she keeps on saying be with me, you know, like she's trying to be with the Jedi of the past, you know, trying to uh, continue that uh, Jedi lineage. Um, and it's kind of like uh, Poe is kind of continuing the, I was going to say rebellion, but it's the resistance's um, kind of legacy and then finn is kind of supporting them there and uh he'll end up kind of helping like some of the first order uh detractors you know um mm -hmm. so they all kind of have stuff to do and uh kylo is kind of figuring out stuff you know and um yeah it's it's interesting yeah, for sure. So for me, the call to adventure is, yeah, it's basically the same thing. And really for all of the characters here um, in the film, the call to adventure is just 
you know, the fact that Palpatine is still alive, right? Uh, so for for uh, Kylo Ren, you know, he's gone. He's found this uh, Sith Wayfinder to get to to get to Exegol and he gets there and he discovers that Palpatine is alive. Palpatine has, you know, still been uh, kind of pulling the strings. And for uh, Kylo Ren, I had specifically his um, call to adventure is Palpatine, you know, promising him a new empire, right? Uh, you can make Kylo Ren the most powerful, the leader of the entire galaxy. So that really, I think, is the call to adventure specifically for for Kylo Ren. That's that promise from Palpatine. But everyone else, pretty much, yeah, it's just learning of uh, Palpatine. Somehow Palpatine has returned, um, as you said. Um, I think for Rey, it's, you know, learning that Palpatine is, you know, still alive and that's going to kind of propel her on this journey to uh travel off to find it you know she even makes mention that she had seen that Sith holocron and uh one of the texts that she uh took from luke there and uh you know talks to leia and uh you get a you get a, a very 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 slight uh, refusal of the call uh there between leia and ray <laughs> leia says no don't go and ray's like no i'm gonna go anyways and leia's like all right that's uh, that sounds good um so let's get into those uh refusal of the call so uh palpatine is back that's our call to adventure the refusal of the call the hero experiences some hesitation uh to answer the call what do you think what are what are the refusals um i i made light of of rays i didn't have a lot of other refusals for her to be honest but what do you think cassia so refusal of the call um I kind of like said like team leads, you know, like for good and bad. Ray and Kylo Ren have to figure out Palpatine and how to get there, like their meaning Exegol. Um, and there's lots of different little, uh, you know, like refusals. And mm -hmm. yep. I mean, that's kind of just the plot, like kind of like our our little episode we did, like on the uh, uh, story palette. I think this is kind of the most uh, story palette esque plot, which is funny because they oh for sure yeah they wrote it for for four, but I'm like I think it belongs for nine, you know. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah no I agree. Uh, the refusal of the call was a, was a little um, it was a little trickier. It was a little bit less specific. Oftentimes there's something like very specifically that happens uh, to your character here that keeps them from uh, beginning that journey, but there's not really the case here. So um, for Ray, as I mentioned, you know, Leia tells her not to go to Exegol and Ray's, I think Ray says, no, I'm going to go. And that's what you would do. And Leia's like, okay, fair point. Um, so uh, that's it for Kylo Ren. Also kind of a, a really just minimal uh, kind of pushback, right? So they learn of like this first order spy. That's kind of a refusal of the call. And he gets a little bit of push pushback from the first order officers. But uh, like he throws that dude up into the ceiling and uh, they pretty much are like, you know, go, go do whatever, go, go find that girl, go find, uh, you know, do whatever Palpatine wants you to do. That sounds, that sounds good to us. So not really like much in the way of refusal of the call, but the way that the film is structured, it has, it's it's kind of like this treasure hunt sort of sort of thing. So you have like yeah. these little refusals kind of throughout the film. There's not yeah. like one major one that's keeping them because everyone really is kind of headed to this final um, ultimate destination on Exegol. So that's uh, kind of what we had for the refusal there. A little bit a uh, little bit thin, at least in our analysis. But like I said, there's a bunch of these that are going to come in. And we'll probably talk through those as we get to those. Um, something else uh, that was a little bit tricky uh, from here, Cassia, is the meeting with the mentor. So the hero gains the supplies, knowledge, and confidence needed to commence the adventure. So... Um, are there mentors in this film? I mean, there are some, but there's not like a big, like monumental meeting with the mentor, at least not at this point in the story. Yeah. So the meeting with the mentor, 
I put it as Ray, Poe, Finn, and Kylo's interactions with General Leia. And they kind of all have different, you know, um, interactions with her. Um, Ray is kind of like through the force, that kind of lens. And then Poe is kind of like through the resistance. And so is Finn, you know. Um, and then Kylo, it's like... Uh, that's kind of her last act, you know, is uh, trying to reach out to Ben, you know? Mm -hmm. So I guess, what do you, do you think like this was like a good, do you think like maybe they should have uh, rich, like killed off the character of, uh, General Leia in between eight and nine, or do you kind of like what they did here? Um, I, I, I can see definitely like why, um, you know, killing that character off would would make sense because obviously we lost Carrie Fisher, um, unfortunately yeah. in, in the real world, uh, which made it more difficult. And apparently, from you know, kind of kind of what I've read and have heard about um, kind of the story, it was that she was supposed to be much more. Um, of an important figure in the kind of third act of the film, which obviously had to get stripped down just because, you know, of uh, the real life, uh, you know, implications of of losing Carrie Fisher. So so that that makes it tricky. I feel like that she um, is used in very important ways. Right. So she gets kind of the the initial um, sort of meetings there uh, with Ray, which is nice. She's able to call out to uh, her son and kind of set that off. Uh, which is nice and it makes her sacrifice feel, um, you know, kind of important um, in a way that's having her, you know, uh, killed off screen or something else would not have felt. Um, so I like that. I like I like the character. I like the emotionality of, you know, giving kind of everyone a chance to say goodbye to her in the film. So I, I'm happy uh, kind of with the direction that they went uh, for that character. Yeah, I mean, it's an impossible task and impossible choice and i mean it's a movie there are real life implications like we lost a real life person you know mm -hmm. so yeah. um i i just wondered what you thought but yeah it would have um, it would like i said it would have been harder hard to do it uh any other way it would have been hard kind of the way that the last jedi was was structured to to do it in there maybe i don't i don't know like it's it's hard to um to to kind of figure out but i think you i think you know jj abrams kind of kind of did the best in, in leading the story and like i said i like the the moments that we get with leia uh in the film so i think that i think that it was okay um you know for me and uh my you know storytelling lens that i'm looking at it through i think that it is okay and and works okay and like i said those are kind of some of the bigger mentor moments because really um, you have Kylo Ren, you have Rey, who are almost like mentorless through this film. Really, they're they kind of have their own interactions, you know, carrying over from the Last Jedi where they're speaking, and you know, kind of those uh, conversations are getting more powerful uh, between the two of them when they're able to actually like interact and see the other environments and uh, things that they're in. So um, that's really kind of the the mentorship like aspects throughout the film. But yeah, you have. Um, you know, you have Leia for both of the characters. You have uh, Han, obviously, there for uh, 
Kylo at the at the Death Star. You have uh, Ray going back to see uh, Luke. But you know those are kind of happening. You know, scattered throughout. So I guess you could say Palpatine potentially is a a mentor for uh, Kylo Ren, a, a mentor figure, kind of in that sense at the beginning of the film. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of a lot of little interactions. So it's kind of the kind of the same for you know, kind of the refusal to the call. It's all these like little like mini uh, refusals. You have kind of all of these little mini uh, mentoring moments, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when we get to Pisana, we even kind of get the force bond again. And, and I kind of see those as a little bit of mentoring, like uh, mm -hmm. Ray and Kylo, you know, mentoring each other, the force kind of mentoring them, uh, Lando mentoring them. Um. Uh, just so much happens on Pasana. Um, <laughs> a lot goes on on Pasana. That's right. They fly uh, yeah. now. Quicksand. Ochi's dagger. Force heal. The Knights of Ren. Should we dead? He not dead. Um, <laughs> and not dead. Ray jumps over a Tie Fighter and cuts it like the wing off of it, and that's forgot like... about that. <laughs> That's like epic the moment. like the least least monumental thing. Yeah, that is an epic moment for sure. Um, and that is uh that's my first threshold, at least for Ray, is Pasana. So crossing the first threshold, Cassia, the hero, commits wholeheartedly to the adventure. Um, so we mentioned there was not a lot of pushback on getting into the adventure for these characters, right? So uh for me, you know, Ray and obviously Finn, Poe, C3PO, uh Chewbacca, that is going to Pasana, right? To go to try to track down this Sith Wayfinder that uh, Luke had uh written about. He journaled about it, you know, in his time there on Octo, probably um that was kind of the call for me um uh, kylo's i thought was a little bit more um emblematic right it's uh it's basically kylo reforging his mask that is him you know wholeheartedly you know getting back in the groove of uh his kylo ren lifestyle for me like crossing the first threshold i'm not sure if it was looking for the dagger on pasana uh because it's like they're kind of beginning the quest or like maybe Kajimi, but now that I think about it, I think they were looking for the dagger on Pasana. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that was kind of where um the that book had read led uh, Ray to right to go to Pasana to look for uh, Ochia Bestoon ship. She knew that was kind of the the best place to find this uh, Sith Wayfinder, I guess, is, assuming that he had one in his ship. And then yeah, lots of uh, lots of adventures uh, happens there. Lots of uh, tests, uh, allies and enemies uh, for sure. So that's going to get us into our next section: test allies and enemies. The hero explores a special world, faces trials, and makes friends and enemies. Uh, so what do you think? Does does Kylo even have any test allies and enemies? uh his his are uh his are few and far between but ray has a lot of these i think yeah so uh i am sad rose wasn't in this movie more um True. but i'm just kind of looking over my notes um so test allies and enemies i kind of just put down pasana and kajimi because it seems like everyone's mm -hmm. just dealing with a lot, like Poe kind of um, goes through, like, he meets, is her name, like, Yori? Oh, Zori, Zori Bliss. Zori, yeah. yeah. Sorry to get those mixed up, but... Um, she has a cool yeah. helmet. Yeah, she has a, she has a cool helmet. Uh, and Finn ends up, like, when they get to later on on, like, the Death Star ocean world i don't know um he he meets 
uh, it's Xana, right? And Uh, it's it's uh, Jaina, I think is her name. I'm just getting all of these names <laughs> off by one letter. I'm so sorry, everyone. Um, Sorry, um, I could be wrong on that. Let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna double check. I, I think that it's. I think okay, that it's Jay Lando's daughter. You know, um, Lando's Lando's potential potential daughter. We don't. That's a story for another day. I guess. Yeah, we'll we'll get an answer there. You know, um, but yeah, it's kind of like everyone is dealing with a lot, and um, Ray is kind of like. Um, maybe dealing with like the fact that she's a Palpatine um, and then like she has that force bond with Kylo you mm -hmm. know and then it's like oh you're a dyad in the force too that are one you know um, so yeah. everyone's just dealing with a lot so how about you there, say there, it more eloquently than i there everyone is dealing with a lot uh and find out that you're uh you're palpatine that's probably pretty heavy it's gonna weigh on you quite a bit i think so uh yeah for me so test allies enemies um really for kylo like his his whole purpose now is to to get ray and to go back to to palpatine right so that's that's really all he's got going on he's like the most powerful person like in the in the whole like first order now uh right he's the supreme leader so he's not getting a lot of like pushback so he's not really being tested too much uh his uh crashing abilities are tested when ray cuts his uh sweet uh, tie fighter uh wing off that's pretty cool that's pretty cool uh but ray on the other hand is she's dealing with a lot so they get to pasana right uh so they meet uh lando uh ally that's good they uh find uh dead ochi uh that's yeah that's not great but uh his dagger's there so that's good uh that snake uh that's definitely a test for ray right that snake's going to eat everyone but she uses some sweet uh force abilities uh that's another uh link to kotor too right to beast control uh she's able to to talk that snake down get it healed up and then it's going to slither off uh happy uh, happy snake that's good that's good um they end up getting chased by the first order um they meet another uh friend dio on board of Ochi's ship that's nice that's nice uh chewy however gets captured and uh, potentially blown up that's bad news um and i think um for me that's really kind of the big uh, i don't know it's um it's going to fall into my ordeal but uh kind of that section there and we'll uh, circle back to that and then yeah obviously going to end up on kajimi because they got to go and get uh, c-3po's uh head straight so they can you know get that uh that engraving off of the off of the blade so uh yeah so there is a lot going on there and you could say that any of these i guess really are kind of the refusal of the call because there's there's kind of a lot uh going on there and maybe some of the pasana stuff does fit better into refusal of the call maybe the pasana section is more of the refusal and uh, maybe kajimi is kind of that that threshold committing to it to committing to wiping c-3po's uh memory and stuff like that so maybe maybe that's the case uh you get john williams there on kajimi so that's nice playing the uh, bartender so that's pretty cool yeah um let's see so that was that was a lot to rattle off there um but we're going to get a little bit simpler here at least uh at least on my end uh but the next step up in our hero's journey is the approach to the innermost cave the hero nears the center of the story and the special world so where is the innermost cave let me flip back uh i would say getting to exegol that's what i would say but maybe mm. yours is a lot earlier um 
I I really struggled in uh, finding the right, you know, little hero's journey things in this mm. one. Okay, okay. That's fair, that's fair. Uh, Exegol would be a very good uh, kind of uh, innermost cave, I think. Uh, to me, the innermost cave for both of our characters here, uh, Kylo Ren, uh, at least to start this step, and uh, Rey, uh, is the uh, Death Star, right? The crashed Death Star uh, there on the uh, the Endor uh, water moon planet. Moon, I think. Um, yeah, so I think that, that going into that, the destroyed... Um, Death Star is the innermost cave there. It's uh, it's where they're coming together. It's where they're both, uh, you know, coming to grips over this uh, one uh, other way, wayfinder there. And they're going to have kind of this uh, confrontation, which gets us into the ordeal, um, which I have basically uh, being right here. So the ordeal, the hero faces the greatest challenge yet and experiences death and rebirth. Uh, so what do you think? Is yours happening on Exegol then? Or what do you think, Cassie? Well, I mean, Ray does experience like death and rebirth, you know. I guess maybe mm -hmm. okay, okay. So Ben, when they're fighting on the water planet, what's that place called? Kefir. Uh, yeah, Kefir, I think. Yeah. Yeah, like Leia reaches out to Ben, and then Ray just like straight up stabs him, and <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, she does. It's heartless, heartless, right? That's right. Yeah, and I guess like she's like, "Oh, sorry, I'll heal you." You know, um, <laughs> my my bad. <laughs> it's like I think that's what Leia wanted you to do, you know. Uh, but she's like, she heals him, and then she's like, "I did want to take your hand, Ben's hand." Um, mm -hmm. and then Ben and Han have a great scene, and he throws the saber away, and um. Uh, Finn and Poe learn that, uh, you know, uh, that Leia passed away and Poe has no idea what to do. He's like, I'm a general now, you know, uh, how do mm -hmm. I do this? And Lando says, we had each other. That's how we won. Yeah. I kind of wish... The characters would have spent more time together, but I guess, like, throughout the trilogy, I guess they do do it here, you know, but um, mm -hmm. it kind of just feels like we're more informed that they, they hung out, you know, uh, so that's what yeah, happened. For, yeah, for sure, and there's a bit of a bit of a time jump that happens between episodes eight and nine uh, here, and you can see kind of the... Um, you know, sort of the the familiarity that they have uh, with the three of them, especially like at the beginning of the of the film, right when they're uh, Ray and Poe are kind of yelling at each other about uh, about uh, what's going on and how things are going, because you know, presumably uh, we haven't got any kind of uh, well, at least a lot of supplemental material. Pr presumably, it's not going well, right? <laughs> they left great. Uh, there were only yeah. about. 15 people left in the resistance and that was about it. So uh, presumably uh, not going great. So I think we actually get a, a fair uh, bit of, you know, kind of togetherness uh, between, between these characters. And especially because, um, you know, it's alluded to that uh, Finn is force sensitive and they can, are able to kind of, you know, you know, feel, uh, you know, out into the force for, for one another. And uh, that particular scene that you mentioned there where uh, Poe is sitting, you know, bedside of, uh, you know, Leia there after she's uh, passed on is uh, particularly uh, moving. I think I like that scene a lot. So that's pretty good uh, for me. 
Um, so for me, let's see, uh, let's get back into uh, the ordeal here. Um, so for uh, Kylo Ren, uh, his ordeal is that uh, he has a fight with Rey. Uh, he, he gets interrupted by his mom and Rey stabs him. Uh, as you mentioned, that's a, that's not great. That's a, that's a pretty bad ordeal, but uh, you know what happens there in your ordeal, you experience death and rebirth and that's what happens. Kylo Ren is dead. Ben Solo is reborn. So has uh, uh, been reached out to by his mom. Uh, his dad, Han Solo, comes back and uh, basically, you know, uh, you know, forgives him, tells him, you know, it's it's okay, you know, we make mistakes and move on. And he chucks that lightsaber out into the uh, ocean, uh, and he is uh, good to go now as uh, Ben Solo. So that's that's the ordeal for uh, for uh, Ben Solo now. Um, and then for Ray, um, I think that Ray's ordeal really kind of starts when she blows Feels up guilt. Chewbacca. Yeah, when she blows up Chewbacca's ship. Um, I think is really kind of when that starts and she's coming to grips with the fact that, uh, you know, she is this, uh, has this, uh, Palpatine lineage, um, which, uh, you know, she's going to get confirmed, uh, you know, kind of in the next section, I think when they're having their little, uh, force chat when they're on, when she's on, uh, Kajimi and then he goes and he tells her, you know, that she's Palpatine when they're both on board that ship there. Um, you know, and she, uh, she gives into, gives into hate a little bit. So that's not good. So I think it kind of starts there and then it moves into like, like her, like, uh, having that confrontation with the dark Ray, right. The dark version of herself. I think that kind of falls into the ordeal. And then obviously, um, battling, uh, Kylo Ren there feeling, feeling the guilt, you know, having, having that moment of, you know, saying that I would have, you know, wanted to go with, uh, Ben Solo. Uh, there and then obviously she uh steals steals ben's <laughs> ship and flies out of there uh so that's no great great move so uh what do we got the reward is up next cassia the hero experiences the consequences of surviving death so we basically both kind of had you know that really the ordeal was that that battle there between between the two of them what's what's the reward for our characters then for for getting through this thing i think i jumped way too far ahead when i was writing this down because uh, for my ordeal, I wrote, like, Ray, you know, is alone. But she's kind of alone, like, you know, on Octo, and uh, Luke talks to her. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then she's also alone, you know, on Exegol. Um, and then, like, for the reward, I put, like, Palpatine dies because I was way too far ahead. But maybe <laughs> I should have just said, like, uh, reward Ray is able to leave uh octo she's going to uh confront palpatine mm, okay yeah you're uh you wanted the big reward uh right now and that's that's fair that's fair that's fair um yeah so for me as i uh as i mentioned you know it's kind of coming off that battle between uh kylo ran and and ray there on the uh fallen uh death star so ben solo now at this point uh his reward is that he's returned to the light side and he's uh given the opportunity to reconcile with his father so that's kind of the reward uh for him surviving that ordeal and then for ray um i think that her reward is that she stays on the light side right she's had these kind of these glimpses of her going into the dark side right and i think she even mentions to finn uh, kind of right before the section that she'd had a vision of uh, her sitting on, you know, that Sith throne. Uh, so I think for her, you know, not falling to the to the dark side, you know, healing uh, Ben Solo, she's uh, staying uh, on the light side. I think that's a reward for her. And then obviously she has uh, kind of this uh, this wayfinder and then she goes off to 
um octo and has the confrontation with luke there she's she's kind of broken at that moment right she wants to kind of give up um in this reward section but really uh having the opportunity to speak with uh luke there is her reward and um is given uh leia's lightsaber um in that moment so a uh, couple of rewards there for uh, Ray in this instance, and that's going to get us to the road back. So the hero returns to the ordinary world or continues to an ultimate destination. Now would be a good time to get to Exegol, I think, Cassie. <laughs> yeah, so maybe the road back is really just the road to Exegol, you know? Because uh, it seems like that's where everyone's going, you know? We have uh, Finn and uh, Janna, you know? Uh, going to fight, uh, you know, kind of like leading the first order, well, ex first order troops against the first order, mm -hmm. um, and then Poe is is leading, you know, the people that are there. Lando's gonna, you know, kind of bring everyone, and uh, I think that uh, Kylo is now Ben, you know, and. He's going to go after Ray to uh, keep her from uh, sacrificing himself. Yeah, that's right. So the road back, the hero returns to the ordinary world or continues to an ultimate destination. Yeah, I had for uh, both uh, Ben Solo and Ray that uh, they're going to Exegol. And that's pretty much where all of the characters are going to be going, right? Uh, kind of the the resistance led by uh, Poe is going to be going to Exegol. Everyone in the whole galaxy basically is going to be going to um, Exegol. I uh, get a little moment there where C-3PO gets his memory back. Uh, so no... No must, no fuss there. That's good. Um, I really like that moment. Uh, we've uh, fully recruited Dio into the uh, into the droid uh, Star Wars family now at this point. So that's good. And yeah, everyone is making their way to Exegol, right? So um, you get a really great scene of uh, Luke pulling that X-wing up out of the out of the water, right? Uh, so he's uh, finishing that first uh, kind of failed lesson. Uh, that Yoda gave to him way back in uh, episode five when we were talking about uh, that film. So uh, that's pretty fun. That's pretty fun. And yeah, she has the Wayfinder. She's going to lay down the route for everyone to follow to get themselves to Exegol as well. And uh, yeah, going to fly Luke's X-Wing there. Um, that's going to get us to our resurrection here. So this is kind of our our big like penultimate uh, sort of battle or uh, conflict for our heroes here. So the hero experiences a final moment of death and rebirth. So they are pure when they reenter the ordinary world. So um, what do you think about the resurrection step? Where were you uh, at on this? Because I know you got kind of kind of ahead of me here um, in the story when you're yeah. writing this down. Is that uh, changed any or is it pretty much back up to where you uh, were on your journey? So Ray and Ben fight against uh, Palpatine. What I would have liked is if they would have fought together for more than like a few seconds because uh, they're kind of just like uh, Ben just gets like uh, thrown down, you know, like a really long hole. Like, mm -hmm. I think it, I don't know. It's just like Ray's kind of like saying like, be with me, be with me. And it is cool that the Jedi of the past show up to help her, but I think it's stronger, you know, like if they're talking about a dyad, like have the dyad, you know, uh, uh, you know, handle things a bit more. Um, mm -hmm. Not saying like the Jedi of the past can't show up and like Ray can't have like a heroic moment, you know, but 
I was like, oh, okay, Ben is here, and then he's not. And then uh, Ray, like, has a moment where she is kind of, like, dying. And it is a beautiful kind of, like, Romeo and Juliet-esque moment. Uh, but, yeah, so Ben saves her life and then he kind of dies and then like <laughs> I don't know do you think like she's kind of like smiling afterward and it didn't really seem to hit her that hard like what do you, what are your thoughts um yeah I think it I think it kind of depends on how, how you feel about this on how you feel about uh, living a tome I I certainly see kind of the the story element for having you know Ben Solo sacrifice himself you know to give that life force to to Ray so you know that she can she can carry on right she's meant to be the one that that uh carries on right um in that instance i think uh even palpatine has that line right when they first kind of kind of get together they do their little uh little force dyad trick where she passes off the lightsaber to him and he catches up there and um i think uh palpatine says something along the lines of you know stand together and, and die together uh yeah and you know obviously the two of them there in conjunction give that life force to Palpatine who is uh, re resurrected kind of um at this point um you know the the Sith fleet is uh all uh, all good to go um you even get like a like a moment there where Palpatine is you know uh doing his uh, electric uh, tomfoolery there against uh, Ben and Ray right uh, basically yeah. uh, giving them their final moment of death and then turns that to the sky and literally gives like a moment of death to the entire <laughs> galaxy uh, kind of in that moment i really liked kind of the the symbolism there right to, in this resurrection yeah. step that quite literally the entire galaxy was was experiencing this final moment of uh death and then rebirth at the end when you know ray's able to do that um you know to to get there and gets the uh the aid from the uh from all the jedi and is able to to kind of overpower uh palpatine at the end there um i don't i don't know that if i would have liked it to play off i think uh any differently um I like kind of the the sacrificial, I guess, aspect of it um, from from that standpoint. I don't I don't know if uh, Ben Solo. It does seem like he died a little abruptly. I don't know if he died of sadness, um, <laughs> but um, uh, like his like his a full uh, heart. like his gra yeah. like his grandma did. His grandma uh, died of sadness. Um, yeah, he died. He died with the died with a full heart. He died um, knowing, and um, maybe now I think. Um, I guess if you wanted to, you know, kind of analyze, you know, why Ray seemed, um, I don't know that she seemed like she was like happy in that in that moment, other than uh, potentially like a, a bit of relief, uh, maybe in that sense. But I guess you've been able to now communicate with the with the the Jedi, and you know that uh, Ben Solo has been redeemed. So. Um, you know, hopefully his uh, future path forward in the Force is going to be uh, a okay, and maybe we'll find out more about that in the future. But I, th I think it's, I think it's okay. I think it, it just really, I think depends on how much you really wanted that relationship to to carry on. To be honest, I think is is where kind of people came down on on one side of that or yeah. the other. But I was, I was okay with it. I like, I like the Living Atonement. We've talked a lot about that in the in the podcast. But I, I think in this instance, I was, I was okay with it. I certainly could understand it. But what I do you think? I think I'm okay it? with it now. Um, but yeah, it's kind of just like kiss dead. Okay, smiles. You know, <laughs> just like oh, uh, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah um so 
Yeah, so like for that resurrection, I was like, yeah, Ben resurrects Ray and then return with the elixir. Um, it seems like the galaxy is happy. You know, the resistance mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is soberly celebrating, you know, uh, everything. And I kind of don't, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm like, they could have ended it there. There's a lot of controversy about the ending. I guess the only thing I really didn't like about this ending is that Ray is alone. Like mm, maybe if yeah. they could have just shown the Millennium Falcon and her friends were off, you know, in, in the corner and like uh, that would have been cool. Cause like, I think like they have like the same shot of her, you know, like from Pasana, just like, it's a little different. Mm. Um, and then she uh, buries Luke and Leia's lightsabers. And I think I'm okay with, like, you know, the sand now. I think, like, it's kind of like taking it back to, like, tattooing the source, you know, and um, paying respect, you know, and... Um, Maybe Anakin or Ben could have appeared as Force Ghosts at the end, but, um, you know, like, she would rather be, you know, a Skywalker than a Palpatine, and I, I think that's, you know, kind of wise, and uh, yep. she could have said just Ray, you know, but uh, I don't think it's like... She's saying, like, Luke wasn't a Skywalker. He didn't do these things. You know, it's just... Uh, she found a, a new family, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of a big theme, you know, within Star Wars is this uh, this idea of found family. So, so that makes sense to me. Um, Return to the Elixir. The hero turns with something to improve the ordinary world. For, uh, for Ben Solo here, uh, uh, he died. So his... Uh, elixir is uh that ray lived that's the that's the elixir there I for, guess that is true for, for ben solo um for for ray you know the sith are defeated the final order is defeated and um the galaxy seems to be uh in peace now you get the little little flash around it goes to to endor you see uh wicket there uh at the end that's nice and everyone's uh there uh kind of at the end and then yeah she ultimately goes off to tatooine um i really like the end of the film uh to to be honest um I like because, you know, we're telling the the Skywalker saga, kind of in this in this thing, right? So, um, to go back to the place and you kind of end the film on probably one of the most iconic images, and you know, like all of film history, and uh, certainly for the Skywalker family is you know of Luke standing in front of the the binary sunset uh, there, and to end it with that, you know. Uh, kind of kind of mirrored shots in the next generation i think is is very kind of poetic and and all that jazz um i would have liked uh i don't i don't know about uh obi-wan i don't even know that he would have fit in uh kind of irregardless but to have had anakin there would have made sense i think had uh the decision yeah. been made to you know leave ben solo live right had they been together at the end then uh, having anakin there would have made sense but uh you know anakin really wasn't anyone to to ray specifically um so I think it makes sense to just have Luke and Leia there um, in terms of uh, of her character and uh, who she would be uh, looking, you know, out to I see guess that's true. In, this, in this mentor uh, moment. Uh, it would Let have been more just... fitting if she would oh, have, uh, 
if she would have gotten uh, Darth Vader's helmet and buried that in the sand, that would have been <laughs> that would have been cruel uh, and unusual. But yeah, I, I think like, it was on I... Kajimi. It fell on Kajimi. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, it wasn't was on the ship starred, anymore. Yeah, it's so, already it's already um, gone by then. Yeah, that's true. Someone yeah, can yeah. collect the ashes, and it'll be like, and then when Kajimi was destroyed, it was found on this planet, and the mm-hmm. knife will point to it. You know that's right that's right uh, that's that's possible um but yeah that, so that's kind of that's kind of why i think that it's, it's okay to just have uh have those two characters and yeah taking taking that family name on obviously she's not going to be ray ray palpatine and she's not ray from nowhere anymore so yeah i guess that's true i'm gonna rip out my notes Woo! i can recycle those um recycle those notes yeah absolutely and then yeah i guess any other notes on the rise of Skywalker? No, that pretty much wraps it up for the rise of Skywalker. Uh, there's there's a lot in there. Um, hopefully this uh, this hero's journey analysis uh, was uh, was helpful or beneficial or entertaining, kind of uh, in in some sort of standpoint. But yeah, it was um, it was tricky from from the standpoint that a lot of these steps were um, not necessarily like muddled, but there were a lot of a lot of these steps. It was kind of like being on like a like an escalator, and you're just kind of like bouncing around, walking like up and down this thing as it keeps moving on this <laughs> forward path. So this one was was a little tricky from from that standpoint. But yeah, I had a lot of fun going back and watching this. And um, you know, you'd mentioned it kind of at the top. This one's uh, pretty decisive, really, like all these sequel trilogy uh, films are. But they're films that I like quite a bit. So I was excited to go back and uh, watch these for the purpose of uh, doing this uh, hero's journey analysis for them. Yeah, so there's the sequel trilogy. We've done a trilogy of trilogies, I guess. And I guess uh, may the force be with you always. The Old Republic podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. And if you want to connect with the podcast on Twitter, we can be found at Old Republic Pod. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. You can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Old Republic Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at dennissmowersmusic.com. This episode of the Old Republic Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now.